Hello and welcome to episode 5 of Death Nerve, a horror movie podcast. I've been getting some really good feedback about the podcast, it's really nice that people are actually listening to it, it's really good. If you're enjoying the podcast then please spread the word, uh, share it around to people you think might like it and do the usual subscribing and leave reviews and all that stuff, it really helps. In this episode I talk to Tom Barrett about the film Midsummer. Tom is a stand-up comedian I've known for quite a while now. We're both part of the comedy group The Unmistakable Scent of Leopard and we do a... Uh, a stupid comedy show called The Hyperbowl, along with uh, Liam Sullivan and James Sarek. We also do another podcast called The Member Two Brains, where we talk about all the nerdy stuff we like. So if you like this episode, it's quite similar to The Member Two Brains, so you'd probably like that. So uh, yeah, hunt it out, you might like it. Yeah, thank you very much. Thanks again for listening, and uh, enjoy the podcast. Cheers. I was uh, saddened that I wasn't the first person to mention the postman on your podcast. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, uh, Aidan Goatley had some vaguely positive things about to say about it, so I'm fine, really. Vaguely positive. Vaguely you positive. like that film, by the way? I point, genuinely really like it, yeah. I'm, I'm kind of aware that it's not a good film. Yeah. But I still really enjoy it. There's some nuts bits in it that I'm sure I've mentioned on other podcasts before, <laughs> like where they have, um, like, rather than the kind of the way that men greet each other in the Predator film where they have like a mid-ear arm wrestle, the way of like proving masculinity and the way of the postman is they have a, an act off. They like quote lines of Shakespeare to each other as the, yeah, the hero. That definitely does sound like a dystopian nightmare. Oh, mate, it? it's so dystopian. Yeah. <laughs> it's a good film. Good book as well. Yeah, well, there we go. Um, yeah. Well, are, are you into horror, Tom? That's the... Uh, kind of... Um, it's, a, it's sort of on the fringes. Like I, do, I like a horror film. Yeah, but I wouldn't say I think horror is one of those things where uh, if you're a horror fan, you're a real horror fan. You know, so yeah. I, I'm not like there's a lot I haven't seen, um, right. and of the ones that I have seen, there's definitely a type of film that I like and a type of film that. What sort do you like? And what sort so I like to be genuinely frightened. If I'm going okay. to watch a horror film, I want to be scared. And that takes a lot, I think, for any film to scare anybody, you know, if once you're sort of, like, not a child anymore. Yeah. What, be... was, what ones have scared you? What films have um, really scared you? So, oh, mate, this is embarrassing. So, right. um, well, we'll start with some, like, quality ones. So the Blair Witch Project scared the shit yeah. out of me when I saw that. Saw it in the cinema and there was a woman crying in the audience the whole way through it so that because she was like so scared <laughs> well, yeah I kept kicking her but um, <laughs> no yeah she was so frightened that she yeah she was crying almost the whole way throughout the film so that wow. that had definitely added to the, the experience wow I mean you have to yeah. imagine because like, there's a lot of crying in yeah 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 but then in the quiet moments there would just be this like genuine sob yeah so that that i remember really not being able to sleep after i'd watched that film all right i saw it in the cinema when it first came out so what would that have been about 99 i think yeah that'd have been about 15 15 yeah i saw it in the cinema yeah yeah. about 15 so quite old to be sort of up at night because of a scary movie (laughs) yeah um that genuinely weirded me out the first paranormal activity film. That is scary. The, have I told you this story before? No, I don't no, think the sorry. listeners will have heard this. But when I watched that, I watched that in uni. So I was sort of around with some housemates watching it with the lights off. Hmm. And there were about five of us watching this film. 
and I was so frightened that I started crying. But I, ha- I had to like uh, cover up the fact that I was in tears because I was just absolutely terrified. Was it actually you crying when you saw Blair Witch Project as well? Was it? No, I don't think I wept at that one. But I, I, yeah, I definitely, definitely. You were so me. scared at Paranormal Activity, you cried. I cried. Yeah, yeah. Because it because the way that's framed is you have like the the day to day stuff and then it will go to the sort of it's like one night vision, shot, isn't it? So yeah. it was those locked off night vision shots when they came around towards like the after the middle of the film where I would just be in tears. Oh my god, so have you watched it since? You... I haven't. Part of me wants to, but then they've made like loads of them, haven't they? Yeah. So I think like, as a standalone thing it probably would have been quite nice, but that's what they do with horror yeah. films though, isn't it? As soon as it makes money, they just churn them out. Yeah. But um, basically, if a horror film's going to frighten me, it needs to be sort of supernatural horror. So supernatural yeah. horror, the killers and slasher stuff doesn't scare you? It doesn't scare me, no. I, I, I quite enjoy it, um, yeah. but there's a lot of that oeuvre that I've not seen. All right. Um, so I only watched Friday the 13th, this last Halloween gone. I've still never seen Halloween. You've never seen Halloween? Never seen Nightmare on Elm Street. Oh, um, my God. Yeah, so there's loads of those things that I've never watched, but the ones I have seen, I can enjoy them. They're fine, but... I, I watch them thinking I'm not frightened and I want to be frightened but um, yeah. it's ghost stories and, and in fact ghost stories, ghost stories. <laughs> yeah, scared, yeah. scared the shit out of me as well yeah, yeah. that's good what, what, part, what part of it particularly scared well, you it's like a portmanteau isn't it I it's think like, they all freak me out like watching the film in the cinema I was frightened by all of it yeah. but the one that sticks me, the, with me the most is the have you seen it yeah yeah the bit with the kid in the car because then oh, really? if, I'm, yeah, yeah. if I'm driving at night, uh, particularly driving home from here, like you go down a lot of country roads like that and your mind plays those sort of games anyway. You yeah. know? So having that... I thought the, the one with Paul Whitehouse at the beginning was the oh, scariest bit. I yeah. thought that was really scary. Yeah, yeah. It's all really good. Like I, I saw the stage play of that as well. Yeah. Um, but it wasn't. I saw the film first, which was probably a mistake. Yeah, I've not um, seen the stage play yet. Yeah. And the stage play, it was just... I think the problem was after I'd seen it in the cinema with people like Paul Whitehouse and Martin Freeman in it, um, the actors at the stage play were just not very good. Yeah. So I wasn't, I was a bit distanced from it with that because I was just thinking, mm, you're not Martin Freeman. You're not very good. <laughs> but, then, but what was m- massively impressive was the way it was staged. Yeah. So there were lots of things when I was watching the film that I just thought, well, they can't have done it like this in the play. But actually, the film is a very, very faithful adaptation of the stage play. No. So yeah, the whole driving scene, I just assumed that that wasn't in the play. Yeah. It's in the play. Hmm. And lots of the stuff, uh, lots of the jump stairs scares are the same. Like the stuff in the nursery. Yeah. You know, with like the building blocks that like snap up into a tower and stuff starts flying off the thing. That was all done on stage, pretty much as it was in the film. So that that was massively impressive. It sort of makes it more impressive on stage than it is in the film. If you watch that yeah. in a film, you think, well, that's just, you can just do that in yeah. a film. Yeah. But um, yeah, on stage, you kind of, yeah, you, 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 uh, you know, because I'm into sort of that stuff anyway. I was yeah. looking for things and it completely yeah. fooled me. Obviously, after it's happened, you can sit there and think, yeah. oh, there was a wire running up or something like that. Yeah. yeah. Have you yeah. seen the other, like, sort of scary theatre? No, the woman, was it the woman in black that yeah. was meant to be the, the big yeah, final one? Yeah. I never saw that, no. Mm. But, um, I don't know. No, I, <laughs> I, I quite like a zombie film. All right, what zombie films do you like? Um, the George A. Romero ones. George A. A. Romero. George A. Romero. George A. George A. You've got your George. You said George R. R. Did I? Did you said George R. Romero? George R. Romero. Yeah. So George is it double A in the middle? Or no, just, it's just one A. Just a single A. A single I like A. I like his films. Um, What's your favourite of the George A. A. Romero? Probably Dawn. 
Yeah, that is probably. the best one, I think. Well, I, I really like Night of the Living Dead, but it's um, he's not quite there it's, with yeah, it. Yeah, you yet, can tell you know? it's like a low budget. Yeah, but I like it film, a lot. Yeah, yeah. Day of the Dead, uh, that is a film I will never watch again. Why? <laughs> it's fucking horrible. Yeah. It's horrible. It, everything it's about grim, it, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. The tone, the way thing, people look, the way, like, fucking the bit that I think Shaun of the Dead is referencing when like the people's faces are getting torn apart. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just oh, no. <laughs> Not no. the bit where the guy gets like he's, gets his head torn off, and as he's screaming, his yeah. screams get more high pitched because his like vocal cords are stretching. I couldn't oh. deal with that. I couldn't <laughs> deal with that. So what like good gory stuff? Can you not? You're not into like, no, the gory I, like. I don't mind, like, The Thing is another favourite of mine, yeah. and that's, you know, I'd say that's probably one of the goriest films I've seen, and I can deal with that, but it's, I think what Day of the Dead I didn't like about that was it was the realistic depiction of gore, you know, like, yeah. The Thing is, like, sci-fi and aliens and weird stuff, but yeah. Day of the Dead, it, it felt like they were trying to accurately portray someone's head <laughs> getting ripped off, yeah. and that, that's a bit yeah. stomach I mean, the general tone of, like, Day of the Dead is just sort of fairly grim, yeah. isn't it? It's yeah. just like... Miserable, which, yeah, which you know it makes sense, doesn't it? If you're going to make a film about that, then it would, it's going to be miserable, isn't it? Fucking horrible, yeah. but yeah, I'd, I'd like a little bit of comic relief, <laughs> yeah, a little bit of levity in there. Yeah. <laughs> um, you're not going to like me saying this, but I'm not, I'm not that. I'm quite fond of the Day of the Dead remake, the Dawn of the Dead remake. All oh, right, not the day. Of, have you seen the Day of the Dead remake? No, I don't want to see that. <laughs> but no, the modern you one. Your shoes off. I am sorry. Well, the zombie attack movie. happens now. Oh, when you have, I'll, I'll be all right. Whack them on. Quick as a flash. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I'm not. I'm not. I don't mind that new one too much. Yeah. It's all right. I'm not a fan. No. no, no. Well, remakes are generally a bad idea, aren't they? But... Yeah, but not all the time. As we were before we recorded, we were talking about the fly. Yeah, that's true. The fly. But I think that's the thing, isn't it? If you're going to do a good remake, you need the original material needs to be not all that. I think. Yeah. So if you're taking something like like a, a ridiculous B movie, The Fly, Little Shop of Horrors, and then you you take it seriously and you do it in a different way, yeah, fine. But don't take something like The Thing. <laughs> Yeah. Although, oh man, the story behind the remake of that is heartbreaking. Well, apparently, really. they're doing another. They're doing a, another reboot of the thing. But I think because you must have looked into we're treading into Aiden Goatley territory here, aren't we? But, <laughs> yeah, but you right. must have looked into the story behind the remake. Not right? really. Oh, where they did lots of practical effects, yeah. and then they were told to, to do them with CGI. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah. It, it wasn't just that. It was like the the directors had like a real. Um, like genuine affection for the original mm. and the because it's set in the Norwegian base but they'd gone to the effort of really looking at the film and mapping out so the sets for that Norwegian base yeah. are absolutely 100% correct for what's in the original film Okay, like even down to there's a broken window at one point and it's broken in exactly the same way that it is <laughs> yeah, in the original yeah, thing yeah. so they were, t- they were taking it seriously and yeah the practical effects are just heartbreaking when you see what's in the final film now yeah it's just, they've just Absorbed CGI over the top of this like wonderful. It's weird, stuff. isn't it? It's like it sort of almost misses the point entirely of yeah. what what makes the original. So we'll say the original, but the John totally. Carpenter one totally so good. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I was when I was listening back some to some of these when I'm editing them, I've realised that every single one I bang on about John Carpenter for quite a long time in each one. Okay, so okay. I don't. I think I might. We'll see if I start. He's trying to make John Carpenter back. back. Um, Well, I mean, seeing you've you've mentioned that anyway, would you consider him to be the greatest horror director? He's my favourite. Maybe not the greatest, but he's my favourite. Yeah. Um, So, not massively familiar, but The Thing. 
Yeah. Yes, they live. Yeah. Uh, what else has he done? Halloween. Okay, yeah. Shall I go through see if I can do it in order? <laughs> yeah, go on. Have you done this on the podcast? <laughs> no, 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 go on, I think see. me and Aiden had a bit of a... We couldn't remember, so we had to IMDB. Um, okay. So it was Dark Star was his first film. Okay. Uh, Assault on Precinct 13. Mm-hmm. Halloween. The Fog. Yeah. Escape from New York. Don't look at me like I <laughs> I've seen Escape from New York and was Escape it? from LA. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> um, what's after Escape from New York? Um, oh, no, he did, he, did a, he did a film about, a TV movie about Elvis before Escape from New York. Is that the one with Kurt Russell in it? Yeah, that's when yeah, he first yeah. worked with Kurt Russell. Yeah, that John, that. You know, that John Carpenter film with Kurt Russell in it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I think it wasn't The Thing after Escape from New York. Oh, I've got no oh, idea. Yeah, I no idea. I think it was The Thing. The Thing was AE2? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, I'm sure there'll be people listening to this. And then he did uh, Three Men and a Little Baby. That was Leonard Nimoy. And then Quite a Break, and then American Pie, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah, that's it. Yeah, yeah. yeah it was did Leonard, Leonard Nimoy, Leonard Nimoy directed Three Men and a Little, la- a little Baby. Well, a, a remake of a French film called Three Men and a Cradle. There we go. <laughs> so just like, you know, funny, about, it? funny uh, interesting choice for them to have an English title in a French film. <laughs> 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 I don't really know about horror films, you see. Yeah, so, um, <laughs> in summation, yeah. I quite like horror films. Yeah. I like to be genuinely frightened, and it's normally ghosts that do that for me. Ghost scare. Ghost so, you picked a film that isn't a ghost, a ghosty film. No, but I think... Um, were you scared by it? We're going to talk about Midsommar. No, we are talking about Midsommar, yeah. yeah. Um, I was not scared by it, no. Were you not? I was creeped out, which I liked. It kind of gave me like a sort of sense of... I guess dread and, and <laughs> yeah. just genuine weirdness. I like, I really, really enjoyed it. But I think I was, um, so my my store, my road towards watching Midsummer starts with Hereditary, right? Okay, yeah. Because Hereditary, if you look at that on paper, that ticks all my boxes, right? Yeah. It's sort spooky of supernatural, ghosts. spooky. Um, I thought the trailer like looked satanic like, cult stuff in it. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I was quite excited about watching it. And felt very, very disappointed. Well, really? Why were you disappointed by it? Um, I just thought it was uh, okay. So my good bit of talking about Hereditary, right? Uh, <laughs> this is my soundbite: is that it's a reverse Babadook. Okay. Because I love the Babadook. Right. right. And another one, the Babadook was hilarious. Like I watched that with my, my partner, Soph, and uh, we just finished it, and she was like, "Oh, did it frighten you?" I was like, "Oh no, it didn't really frighten me." And then we went to bed, and I had to get up because I thought they, I thought there was a monster in the room. <laughs> dressing gown um, but I love the Babadook and I, uh, the Hereditary what I thought Hereditary did so whereas the Babadook is a film about depression that makes you think it's about a monster yeah I think Hereditary is a film about oh, a monster it? that's the monster alarm it's a film about a monster that makes you think it's about depression I think it to- it constantly tries to yeah, 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 wrong yeah. foot you and make you think that um, Tony Collette is just imagining all this and it's grief that's doing yeah, it to yeah. her so it will set all this up as a premise, but then it will go, ah, it's the devil's, isn't it? The end is absolutely mad, isn't yeah. it, that film? It is nuts. It proper, like, ramps up. Oh, mate, it goes completely off the rails. But it, it, I wouldn't say it goes off the rails. No, no, that's, like, yeah. yeah, that's unfair, yeah. <laughs> but, like, it sort of, I, I felt it was a bit messy, because the first shot of Tony Collette in that film, yeah. when she's doing a eulogy at her mother's funeral, mm-hmm. she's wearing, like, a symbol. Yeah. and a necklace and the second I saw that I was like alright it's going to be about witchcraft and cults yeah, yeah, and then yeah, it yeah. tries to convince you that it's not about that Yeah. but then it goes too far with the other stuff there's no grey lines it's like well if this is in the film then it's going to be about witchcraft isn't it like after Gabriel yeah. Byrne catches fire 
yeah, it, yeah. It, then it still tries to go back and, and play it as if it's about her grief when it's like well I mean last time I checked grief <laughs> doesn't just cause spontaneous combustion have you ever combusted when you've been sad <laughs> no never well a little bit once but that was just my foot but um <laughs> But yeah, I felt like it didn't know what it wanted to do there. And then at the end, I mean, I, I yeah, the end was probably what I enjoyed the most. Like, yeah. It's, Did you find it scary, Hereditary? I think there were certain sections towards the end. So when Tony Collette is sort of chasing her son around the house, yeah. and there's a bit where he runs in and she's sort of up in the corner. Yeah. Um, and there's like a, he does really cool stuff with her at those points, like mm. where you get like really odd close-ups of her like garroting her own head off and things yes. like that like yeah that was very very good but i could have done with about an hour less in the middle i think because it's what like three hours yeah, it's, long? yeah 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 it is long yeah for me personally it got very baggy i and sort it of agree with that, changing yeah. tracks yeah. throughout the middle of the film it kept switching between it's about this it's about this yeah, it's yeah. about this and it's yeah, like yeah i sort of understand that so i was quite disappointed fair criticism. um so we'd watched hereditary and Soph had already bought Midsummer on Blu-ray. And if she hadn't already bought it, I don't think I'd have watched it. it. Okay. Um, because we were both really excited about watching it. We wanted to see it at the cinema and didn't. We watched Hereditary and realised Midsummer was the same director. And then so I immediately looked at the back of Midsummer and it was like, right, three hours long. So I expected to have a similar experience watching Midsummer. And I'm assuming you didn't. Not at all. Okay, so no. you really like Midsummer? Right? I, yeah, I do. I think it absolutely earned the length in a way that Hereditary didn't. I think Midsummer deserves to be that long. And now I'm pissed off at myself for not watching the extended cut because there's another sort of, yeah. I don't know, 20 minutes, half hour in the other one that I want to see now, but I need to leave it a bit before I watch it again. No, right. what was it about Midsummer that really like got you? What did you well, really like about it? It kind of, you, what, you going in, right? I'm sure you probably had a similar thing. I expected it to have a similar sort of feel as The Wicker Man. Yeah. Which it did. and But I think it did it in a way that wasn't um, derivative and it wasn't even, you know, it barely even referenced things like The the Wicker Man, but it managed to be its own thing. Yeah. That was just sort of around. And then, well, it was actually, a, it wasn't really like Wicker Man other than the fact that it was like a weird cult sort of thing yeah that was about but, it really but I mean how many films do you get like that do you know exactly, what I mean yeah. so with a film like that you're gonna make ref- parallels to the, the Wicker mm. Man I think but um, I think it it, um, it was a bit meandering but I think that it deserved to be like that from the story like, I think it made sense for it didn't it yeah yeah you're kind of yeah. like following this this uh, Florence Pugh's character through it um, and it absolutely makes sense for her to be getting lost and for different things yeah. to be happening and the story for to be going in different directions um, yeah I just thought it was incredibly well done yeah that's all I've got to say on it what was the um, well like I said it didn't really scare you but there was an atmosphere about it the, uh... yeah so when they when they arrive in um, is it Sweden. Midsummer Sweden is the town called Midsummer or is Midsummer no Midsummer's the festival, the festival isn't yeah, it? It's the... when they arrive in that place you're thinking of Midsummer Murders <laughs> that's it yeah yeah yeah, yeah. When they arrive in that field with all the stuff set out, yeah. it's so well done that it's immediately it's its own universe. Like when, yeah. they, when they come through the, the like the wooden structures, everything within that is yeah, it, it's just another world in the same way the Coruscant or Tatooine is. You know, and it's <laughs> yeah. so well worked out. Um, and the the production design of things like that, like 
you know, even down to the wallpaper and the tapestries yeah, yeah. there. It's just, it's so, so rich and it, it kind of makes you believe it's a real place, you know. Um, and I kept it's expecting it to take a leap into something more supernatural. And I like the fact that it didn't. It, didn't, yeah. it kept it very grounded as just as if this place could exist as yeah. you wander into there and end up. Yeah, watching. it didn't uh, sort of jump the shark as I say, did it? it didn't. No, never, no. Yeah. I mean, Burnt the bear. <laughs> <laughs> but I th- it, it did a very good job of foreshadowing uh, with like, but all that stuff that was seeded had, I think, had good payoffs. Like, um, you know, the fact that you're aware that the bear is a thing of importance and you see it in the wallpaper and then, you know, it's one of those great things that by the time it got to the end of the film, you could then look back and see all of the paths that had led you up to that point, you know? Um, And it, it, yeah, it was just very unsettling the second they entered that sort of Yeah, when I I, I saw it in the cinema, did you you see it on Blu-ray? I watched it on Blu-ray, yeah. yeah. Um, I saw it in the cinema uh, and afterwards I, I just went out and said look sit down I had to think about what I just watched yeah. it was it was I've never done that really for a long time it was a film where I sort of yeah it sort of made me I feel really old after watching it yeah it, it does really it? weird because it does an incredibly good job at um, putting you in the shoes of the main character yeah. and when you see it through her eyes and I don't know how you felt but the whole time I expected her to be sacrificed yeah but then actually when you get the payoff of she's like sacrificing her shitty yeah, boyfriend yeah. yeah yeah and then they do such a good job of making that guy into a total cock <laughs> that at the end of the film you 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 celebrate that yeah, you're, yeah. you're like watching this thing and, and thinking yeah you fucking go for <laughs> it does he deserve you know? to get like killed how he does no, of course like, he doesn't brutal... of course he doesn't deserve it yeah. but it puts you in a place where you uh, I think it puts the viewer in a place where they are they're happy that that's happened because you're you're on her side I think yeah or at least I was anyway but um, maybe not everyone had that experience <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's quite, again we're talking about gore earlier and it's quite a, there's like some pretty horrendous horrific gore in it like it's pretty uh, like what maybe well, they edited that stuff out well there's a blood eagle in it isn't there they go and see goes in there's oh. a guy hanging from his like back isn't there? They're blood yes. eagles, and they're that's right. What's that? What are you calling that? Blood eagle. That's what blood they, eagle is. That what yeah, I mean? Yeah, where they uh, it's in. Have you ever seen the program Vikings? It's what Vikings. No, no, no. They, like forgotten exactly, but if they do something to their back, they fuck up their back. <laughs> 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 they sort of cut it open and get all the bits out. That's <laughs> true. There's the bit where the uh, the, the jump, the head, the and then they smash his head in. Is that was like oh, it that's is grim. very full on, but I think it's those short bursts like that, yeah. that just it's just like an exclamation point on that scene yeah. do you know what I mean I can deal with that and it, and it felt uh, it, again it felt earned there it felt like it had a reason to be there you yeah. know that, that scene in particular was very very good where it's dawning on everybody slowly what's about to happen I quite liked the character because when he said oh we're going to do this tomorrow I've forgotten what it's called do you remember what it's called the like, ritual remember. in it no. um, when there's a one character that knows what it is yeah is that the, the guy that took, brought them there? Oh no, yeah. the, the the guy who's researching yes. it for his yeah, thesis. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah because yeah, he yeah, knows yeah. what it is, so he's yeah. like, oh, okay. And then the others, and then yeah, oh, yeah, it's grim, grim, <laughs> yeah. grim. But I don't know. It felt grounded and real as well. It felt like yeah. that was a real place where that was happening. Yeah. All right. What I like to do, I think this is okay. good. I like to read one star reviews. Okay. Of the things we're talking about IMDb reviews. Ooh. I must say. Before you do that, okay. Can I? 
give it a like a quickly go through what I what I think might be there in the one star reviews because I don't think it's perfect. I think there are. A few okay, well let's it. see. Remember, okay. this is IMDb user generated reviews. Oh fucking hell! Okay. So okay. <laughs> yeah. All right, now what do you reckon? What do you reckon is going to be in there? I well my my main issue with it was I think there was a bit of a plot hole. Okay, go on. So the Midsummer Festival, Midsummer, they um, the guy, so their mate who takes them over there, mm-hmm. he says it happens every ninety years. Yeah, but it's clear that a lot of what's happening there doesn't. So I yeah, but I, I don't think because I've thought about this. Well, okay. I don't think a lot of the stuff that happens is part of the Midsummer Festival. Yeah, I think the Midsummer Festival is something that happens that that infrequently. Okay, but. Like, because again, it's all they when they do that thing when they jump off the cliff. Yeah, that whatever. I I think yeah that yeah that, that I can see that being a separate thing. Yeah. However, which part of the film do you think is the Midsummer Festival? I don't really. I can't. It's been a while since I watched it. Because, because like yeah, no, I agree with you. I think they're jumping off the cliff mm. and things like that. Yeah, that's probably something that when someone is so just what, that what, age. What that parts you... Well, the Midsummer Festival, I would say, is probably well what I read it as when I watched the film was the. Um, Electing a like having a queen, yeah, and the burning of the barn with the, the people and the bear mm-hmm. inside it. That's what I thought of as the Midsummer Festival. However, there are there have definitely been more queens within the lifetime yeah. of the guy because he has pictures of them on his phone, yeah, that he's showing um, Florence Pugh at the start of the film, and he says that his parents died in a fire, which yeah. I would assume would be that the burning yeah. in the barn. So it's like so. What, so maybe yeah, what, what happens is, every yeah. ninety years? I'm then? Sure what part of that is? I watched it again. I could probably work it out. Work it yeah. out, but unless that is like a hint that there is something supernatural going on there, yeah. and that it's ghosts. <laughs> wizard did it. A wizard did it. <laughs> <laughs> Go on, right, so, so let's see if reviews. any of these one-star reviews on IMDb is, are as um, well put as your criticism of the film. Got it. So this is. I can't even read that one. This is one star. What a load of BS. <laughs> I think the most disturbing part was that people like this movie. I am pretty disturbed. The, yeah. is that, was that it? That's the review for that one. Mm, okay. This one's mathematical. Okay, one star. Disgusting. Plus stupid story. Plus waste of time. 7.2. Really? Are you kidding me? <laughs> what I like about things like this is, is that, like, is the assumption that just because you don't enjoy something, it has no worth yeah, whatsoever? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. I think, uh, I think, <laughs> the, I think, I don't know. I might be about to piss you off, but like, I think the thing with horror, yeah, is that I don't think it's one thing. I think it means a lot of different things. No, yeah, it definitely does. So yeah. I think someone who says they like horror might enjoy one particular type of horror. So then, yeah, of course, if, yeah. But then, if they're given something like Midsummer. Where actually what they want is a Friday the Thirteenth. Yeah. Then I can understand how they're not getting what they want out of that, and they yeah, see but, it as a horror film. But, but I think but... the way it was marketed, do you know what I mean? If you saw the trailer for that film, yeah, you wouldn't expect it to be like a slasher movie or like a oh, one no. of those sort of insidious type, you know, those sort of like jump scare films. You're, you're right, but I don't know how it was marketed. I remember watching the trailer, but I don't know exactly what. And also, what I discovered when I do you remember when Mother came out? Yes. Did you see that? Mm-hmm. Was that 
um, Darren Aronofsky. Dar- Darren Aronofsky. Yeah. So right now, I, I went to cinema a couple of times in the run up to that film. I never saw it. They marketed that as very much a horror film, didn't well, they? Yeah. In some places. So I went to an everyman cinema. All oh, right. And the trailer was very art housey, and yeah. it was about all from the director of the wrestler, and it was yeah. very subdued, and it sold it some like something a bit like Midsummer, right? I went to see it at View. And it was sold like Paranormal Activity. It was a completely different trailer. And it was like, you know, the night vision cam shots of people in the cinema, like hiding behind their popcorn and people coming out of the cinema going, oh, I've never seen so frightening in my whole life. And like a completely different trailer. And I, you know, I think it's horrible, but it was like, oh, well, every main cinema people are going to want this. View cinema people are going to want that. And it's, I think it's a, bad way of quite cynical it. isn't it it's very cynical but you also you're mis-selling the film as well yeah because you know? yeah, if you're going in to watch Mother yeah have you seen it no it's not a, a, like a it's not like Paranormal Activity no I, would, <laughs> I wouldn't I mean? have assumed it was it's, you know what I mean but, but like if in, you were going into it and I think a lot of people did I think a lot of people because it's got uh, Jennifer Lawrence in it as well who's been like quite these big franchise films yeah I, mean, I don't know if this sounds snobby I don't know that's bad um, what not the no. fact that people who were fans of her would go and see it. No, I think that's a fair assumption to make because she's more well known for things like the Hunger, Hunger Games, Games, right? And stuff, yeah. Although, if you if you know Darren Aronofsky, yeah, you would know that okay, well, this is something he does because Natalie Portman was in Black Swan, and you know what I mean. Yeah, he's not necessarily one that won't. But I think even like a film like The Wrestler or Black Swan, yeah, is more like a straight film than The Mother. But you had not seen it. I've not seen so, it, yeah. no, no, no. It's worth a watch. It's I would a bit, like to watch it. I like it. Like, yeah, it's, it's a bit like, all right, yeah, we get it. <laughs> when you <laughs> see it, you'll understand. Yeah. That's kind of how I feel about Hereditary. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Come on. Um, Here's another review. It's, cool. uh, okay, this is one star on the headline. is ha, ha. I've watched some rubbish films, but this one is up there with the worst. Total Mints. Mince. I don't. I don't know what. Is that spelled spelled M I N C E? Yeah, yeah, like mince me. Mm. Total mince. Interesting. If the dude who made this gets paid, then I'm chucking my job as a toilet attendant and making the sequel. All right, mate. Yeah, you, you try that. Yeah, see how far you get. <laughs> this okay. Again, another one star review, and the headline is weird and interesting, which sounds like a good thing. Interesting. <laughs> yeah. It is indeed one of the most weird movies that I have watched, but at the same time, it never makes you feel bored. And that's a one-star review. Maybe they thought one was the highest. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe they think, that's a star, that's a star. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, absolute garbage. Let's read this one. This movie is a complete waste of time. There is no purpose. Made-up cult, which is what Hollywood thinks cult should do. What?! It's clearly someone who's in a cult. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this is an inaccurate portrayal yeah, yeah, yeah. of a cult. Yeah. <laughs> then all the garbage. People who made this movie should not be allowed to make any more movies. Not be allowed. <laughs> they, should be sent, they should be sent at this fiction's commune. What? Sent, I'm guessing I'm assuming it's supposed to be sent to this fictional commune. Yeah. Know. And should be f- fed the pubic... <laughs> <laughs> and fed the pubic hair buyers for the rest of and for the rest of a, for a whole weekend <laughs> just the weekend yeah let's yeah. not go back probably yeah. a couple of pubic pies on the weekend if I was there if everyone was yeah, there yeah you know yeah. why not have a, have a pubic pie I did like that though that there was a law spelled W-O-R-E <laughs> yeah. there were 
everything in that world felt rich and it made sense to the people there you know like the stuff with the pubic hair being served to the yeah, man yeah, yeah. she wanted to sleep with and yeah <laughs> There we go. Got a couple of pubic pies. <laughs> what did you make of the uh, sex scene in the bar, barn? Oh, it was uh, kind of awkward, but in a good way. That was yeah, sort of like the yeah. point in it, wasn't it? Yeah. I like I like a sex scene in a film where it's like... The, the... Stop there. There we go. <laughs> <Done>. <laughs> I, just, I just love a sex scene. No, I love a sex scene in a film where it's not sexy at all. Do you know what I mean? I quite enjoy it. Uh... <sighs> to a point, um, oh, <laughs> another film that... I wouldn't say it's frightened, but disturbed me. Yeah. Straw Dogs. Have you seen oh, that? Oh, Straw Dogs. Well, mm, yeah. The, the scene in that. That is very disturbing. I, c- I couldn't watch it. I turned it off. There's I a lot of a lot of films it. from that era are uh, yeah. problematic. We'll say. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I think what... Oh, Straw, yeah, Straw Dogs completely unnerved me. They did a remake of that, didn't they, Straw Dogs? They did, yeah. yeah, yeah have you yeah, ever yeah. seen the remake? No. No, never mind. I did go back and finish it off. I'll tell you what, I turned it off. I was watching it on DVD on my own, and it was really, really upsetting me. I couldn't watch it. And then I tried to go to sleep, and I couldn't sleep either. Yeah, yeah. So I had to go back and finish it and watch how mm. it ended. But yeah, that that very much disturbed me. Yeah. But yeah, the scene, the sex scene in Midsummer was, um, again, like, just nice and weird you know nice and weird <laughs> yeah. and grounded and there's a bit where she, where she starts pushing his buttocks like, yeah because yeah. yeah. I think that's the bit where it really turned for me because up until that point it was like ah, uh, they all look like they're having fun but at that point <laughs> I was like oh okay this is actually really grim well I mean know? he had been like drugged and stuff I don't think no I know but I think it was the look on the, the, the girl's face oh, that right, looks yeah. up her and she's like yeah. can you give me a hand there's a lot of nice weird stuff around that yeah. what other like weirdness in it? Yeah. well there were bits I really really liked like um, they would do a lot of stuff with just distorting the visuals yeah, so, yeah. And, but quite subtly so just in the corner of a shot things would have that weird sort of disturbance pattern mm. over them so you couldn't see what it was um, and there's a particular scene where they're eating a banquet in the middle of the field and you can't see any of the food because it's all got this like yes. sort of turbulent pattern over it. Now, I found out where that came from. Okay. So they shot that scene. I think it took them something like three days to shoot it. Uh, and the weather was like that in the middle of a field and they were using real food. So the food went off after So they the had day. to dis- dis- disguise the fact that it had been sitting there. It was and, just uh, rotten food. Oh, yeah, yeah. So it's a bit like the Porgs in Last Jedi, you know, that came about sort of accidentally. What, rotten? Yeah, yeah. Well, that's why it was just rotten puffins that they had to CGI over, yeah. But, yeah. but that I really liked, and the fact that that had a basis in when she takes the is it mushrooms she takes. I think they drink mushroom yeah. tea, right? Yeah, and then because yeah. so that, they start those weird visuals around then, and then mm. it kind of builds up. To it's got like, I mean, I've never taken like hallucinogenic drugs. No. Have you, have you, I mean, if you, um, you don't have to answer, have you ever <laughs> taken Uh I've never done anything illegal and I've never done anything to... You've uh, never done anything illegal or just... <laughs> I've never done any illegal drugs. There was a time where you could buy uh, le- like legal highs. Yes. Um, and I tried one of those that was a hallucinogen. Oh, right. And I expected it to not work because it was just a legal thing I'd bought, you know... I'd bought it from a person who had a till. So, like, any any situation like that, you don't expect it to actually do <laughs> yeah, anything, yeah. but it did. And, yeah, that. so I, I've done mild hallucinogens. And, <laughs> yeah, I, you know, I don't know. I've never done LSD. I've never done yeah, mushrooms. Yeah. But I can see 
common ground between what my experiences and, and things like Midsummer yeah, that are trying to seem like because again I never have but I know like when I've people have described it or I've seen things talking about it that's what it seems like not like when you see like films and they're taking drugs and there's like a clown standing there yeah, for the no, reason no. like oh my hands have gone big <laughs> <laughs> I mean? no from, from what I remember you just sort of you, you lose um, stuff like you lose a sense of time and you have trouble pro I at least my experience was I had trouble processing images. So I remember I was viewing things like it was a slideshow rather than actually like what was happening in yeah, real time. Yeah. I would see a series of still images that would kind of be moving past my eyes. And, and <laughs> someone was filming while I was doing this and it looked like they were on like a, a disc that was being rotated around like this in front yeah. of me in a circle. But actually what was happening, I was just very slowly passing out. So that was just the arc of my head coming down. Uh, but yeah. Well, there we go. There we go. Um, yeah. What other, uh, like, sort of cult uh, films of, like, scary cults in have you seen? Do you like? Yeah. Well, obviously The Wicker Man. Yeah, what do you think of The Wicker Man? Are you a fan? Yeah, it's been a long time since I've watched it, but I was a big fan of it when I saw I've seen it a few times, but yeah. not for about 12 years, something like that. Um, what's the one? Uh, the Devil's House? I've not seen that. Oh, it's it's um it was sort of I'm gonna have to Google it, apologies, but it was sort of a Oh was it House of the Devil? House of the Devil, it might be House Where of the like Devil. Whereas like a babysitter. Uh yeah, and it's like it was sort of made kind of um yeah House of the Devil that was it I've seen that one yeah that that's good right. yeah it's yeah, good again that's one of those slow builds and yeah, it has yeah, a yeah, bad ending at the end yeah but what other cult films are there? I don't know. What about um, what about Rosemary's Baby? Have you not seen, seen Rosemary's no, Baby? No, oh, that's good. No. Is that who's in that? Mia Farrow. That's it. Yeah. yeah. No, I've not seen that one. Um, other cult films. I've seen the Burbs. There's a Burbs. cult in the Burbs. Yeah, 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 yeah. I've seen that. Yeah. Um, other cult. Yeah, I can't even think many now. It's one of those genres that you think is like there's a lot of them. But well, I, I guess it was because like they were a big scary thing for a little while yeah. aren't they so I guess people were making films about them yeah. in a similar way to like you get films like The Purge now do you know what I mean it just sort of they. I, I think probably one of the jobs of a horror film is to tap into yeah. what people are frightened of you know yeah makes sense yeah. what other um, like you were saying you, uh, you, you're not a big horror fan mm. but have you seen many of the, like, the newer stuff that's coming out you seem to have, you said you saw Hereditary have you seen like Get Out like yes, I saw um, I saw Get Out. I really, really enjoyed Get Out. Again, wouldn't say I was that frightened by it, yeah. but l- loved it. Uh, I keep sort of <laughs> classif- clarifying whether things scared me or not. But well, that sort of makes sense. That's yeah. like it's the job of a horror film, isn't it? I would say so. For yeah. me, that's like, why like, I go in. Yeah, you would yeah. say, but it's weird because you would you wouldn't go and see a comedy film. It was a good film, but it didn't make me laugh. Yeah, that's true. Whereas, yeah, yeah. Like, oh god, yeah, that's really true. Yeah. Oh, although. Stuff like Lenny Bruce. I really like Lenny Bruce's stand-up, but very rarely laugh at it. So sometimes yeah. I can do that. I mean, I guess we have, but what about like a comedy film? Have you ever gone to see like, a comedy film and gone, it was a good film, I enjoyed it, but it didn't make me laugh? <laughs> no. <laughs> it's weird, isn't it? I guess there's an investment, isn't there, if you're yeah. trying to get a joke with a payoff. Yeah. It's very obvious that it hasn't worked. But I guess if you saw a horror film with jump scares that didn't work... Then I think it would you'd have that same effect. Yes, yeah. Whereas like films like Midsummer, they're more about sort of setting a tone. I think. Yeah. Um, and probably similar to the one you just asked me about. Get Out. Yeah, yeah. it's probably more trying to set a, a tone. I saw Get Out. I really enjoyed that. I saw Us. Yeah, yeah. And I had ah, uh, I couldn't. 
just did it, couldn't enjoy it. But, but because, not because of the film, though, right? Not because I mean, of the yeah. film. No, I went to see it in like a packed cinema on a Saturday night, not long and after it had come out. And yeah. I, I can't, I just can't deal with like, if I'm watching a film, I need to be engaged with it. I can't be dealing with noise around me. And I think I was the only person in that cinema that wasn't talking. And it really yeah. ruined it for me. I felt really bad because when it started, there was like a row of people in front of me talking, and I yeah. leant across and politely said, "Look, would you mind not doing that, please?" Um, and they shut up, and then every other cunt in the cinema <laughs> popped up. So, yeah, I want to watch it again. Uh, I'll probably give it another six it months. Is really watch it, again. it is really Cause good because I could tell her, I could tell it was good, but yeah. I just couldn't. Yeah. I couldn't engage with it's definitely it. Definitely more all. of a horror film than Get Out is. Yeah. 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 But uh, do you think, like, am I wrong in sitting there wanting to watch it in silence? No, do you think? no, no. Because sometimes I worry about that. Because I go to the, cin- I don't really go to the cinema a lot because I expect to be pissed off while I'm there because <laughs> people are chatting and on their phones. And no, stuff. I think that's totally like fair, isn't it? You shouldn't, you sh- people shouldn't be talking in the cinema. No, I don't think they should. But then is that like an is that an old fashioned opinion? Is that not what people do anymore? I don't know. I mean, they shouldn't. They shouldn't. No, I totally agree with you. But like. You even go to the Prince Charles now, and people are doing it there. And the Prince Charles used to be really good at telling people to shut up and get off their phones, but they don't bother anymore. It's like so. Oh, it seems to just be that this is just, just this just happens now. I think because the way people watch films is so different. Yeah. Even from like watching it on a video, like it would be a big thing to watch a sit and watch a film. Yeah. Even on like video and DVD, but I think now yeah, you turn the lights off. You yeah yeah. 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 I think mean, now because you just. You can just watch anything at any time, anywhere. Like you see people watching films on their phone on the train. Yeah. Well, I d- I've done that as well. I thought that weird. Really, I've watched yeah. a lot of stuff on my phone. I, uh, well, I don't commute as much anymore when I'm not driving. You drive. You don't watch a film. Drive. Drive. It's not a good idea. But you know, I used to quite. What about the film Drive? Would you watch the film? <laughs> Only if I had my Scorpion. But not drive on. angry. Don't no. Yeah. <laughs> but. Um, uh, yeah, I've, I used to be a big fan of falling asleep to watching stuff on my phone. Okay. So I would like cuddle up in bed and mm. I'd put something on my phone so it was like maybe six inches away from my face <laughs> and something I wasn't that interested in until I fell asleep. I like, I like falling asleep for an audio commentary. That's a good one. Yeah, I do yeah. storybooks now. I have audio books that I've already listened to. I listen to again. Oh, okay. What? Uh, what? Audiobooks we listen to. <laughs> Nothing about horror films, Nothing, no, no. Although I did listen to um, Adam Savage's sort of autobiography where he talks a lot about, you know, special effects and makeup and things cool. like that. Cool. Oh, that's, that's my dream job is to do special effects. Nick Savini. Tom, Tom Savini. Tom Savini, yeah. Tom Sachs. <laughs> you're, getting, you're, getting, you're getting Nick Greg Nicotero? Greg Nicotero, <laughs> that's who I'm thinking of. Tom Savini, yeah. yeah. Who's the best one? Oh, it's it's got to be Tom Savini, I think. Oh, I don't know. For me, it would be between Rob Botin, yeah, or Botin. I don't know. I can't Botin, remember. is I it Botin? I think Rob, so. Rob yeah. Botin and uh, Stan Winston. Oh, I mean Stan Winston's yeah. like the king, really. Yeah, but I think um, the thing is the king of practical effects. That's Rob Botin. Yeah, well, yeah. and a bit of Stan Winston. Oh, right. yes. Uh, you must know that. Oh, yeah, I'm a bit shocked. But I didn't know that. Yeah, so Rob Botin, um, you know, obviously he kind of worked himself into a <laughs> into like madness, into a breakdown when he yeah. was making it because he was only, I think he was like 19. He was young yeah. when he took it on. It was just too much work, so he ended up having to leave the production for a few weeks. And uh, Stan Winston came on board to help out. Cool. So the shot with the dogs um, when the dogs are transforming with like the the petal yes. faces and the pipes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's Stan Winston, not Rob Botin. 
doing that. Yeah. What uh, what films have like again? Obviously, the thing. Mm. But what other like amazing? Going back to the thing. Yeah. <laughs> I think every episode of this, so I'm just yeah. <laughs> um, what other films have like amazing special effects, or a certain amazing special effects like set piece? Oh. I think it would be around it would probably be something around like sort of mid to late 80s um, because by the time you get to Jurassic Park even though there's more practical effects in Jurassic Park it's when, than CG, CGI it's when it starts to take over yeah. um, but I think films from around that period are they're doing it better than it's when it was in time yeah. yeah I mean like I think Empire is probably that's definitely a very high watermark Empire Strikes Back because the, the stuff they were doing that is Amazing. fucking mind blowing yeah, like, yeah. and the not horror related I apologise <laughs> but like the snow speeder um, fight at the beginning like the stuff that they were having to do to have like because they had a, so they had a miniature hoth and they had a miniature camera that they moved um, to simulate the snow speeder flying through the, the scenery and then, but then to put that in front of the actors in the cockpit, they had to create map masks, alpha masks that were sort of Stanley like exacto blade cutouts of the exact yeah, yeah, yeah. shape, frame by frame, and then put through an optical printer and like Unbelievable, so all that stuff. And then Coruscant as well, where you get the like the the skyscapes with the cloud city in front of it, um, and that's just what makes me utterly heartbroken that I can't get a good version of those original films yeah. because. There's so much more craft and art yeah. going into those original films than you get in the special editions, and yeah. all that work is just gone. Mm-hmm. It's just completely overridden. And like <sighs> the, yeah, the CGI just looks bad. Well, I think CGI. The problem with it is that it's not. Um, I don't think it's really. Do you know what I mean? Like when you're making something practically, you can reach a point of mastery with that. You know yeah. what I mean? But with, with CGI, because it just doesn't stop developing, five years down the line, it's going to look yeah, aged. Yeah, because, you know? ha- like, the CGI and, like, the Phantom Menace and stuff... Yeah. ...looks dodgy now. It's, like, 20 years old, 21 years old. Yeah. So, is he going to do... Well, he uh, doesn't... He well, doesn't, obviously he doesn't, know, but are, are they going to do, like, a remaster and read all that? Maybe, maybe. Or just give us the fucking original. Yeah. You know? <laughs> um, but I also think, especially with horror, to pull it back to that, yeah. <laughs> I yeah. think that when you're doing dealing with practical effects, they have a reality f- with, for them. You know, yeah. that thing existed in the real world at some point. And I think that as talented an animator or a sculptor or a modeler um, you are in CG, you're never going to get that reality of something that was actually in front of a camera. True. Um, Do you think there are any examples of like really good, well-done CGI? Why the stuff I really enjoy is when there's a, like a healthy balance of both. Yeah. So like the Lord of the Rings films, they're very very good at doing that. Where yeah. it's CGI is now just it's a paintbox brush rather than a toolbox. Yeah. You know they're just using to punch up what was there rather. Yeah, than... you couldn't do those huge battles. No. Without CGI, really. No. Right uh, to that scale. Exactly. Yeah. You. I think you need to look at a production and think right. What here can be practical mm. and what here needs to be. But I think CG. well those documentaries like the uh, the appendices on those mm. like special editions of Lord of the Rings are amazing oh they're fantastic the ones where they're going for all that the weapons and the amount yeah. of like love put into those Lord of the Rings films is just phenomenal I was thinking about the chainmail do you oh, remember right, how yeah. they did the chainmail I was on, thinking about this the other day so um, chainmail has always been like a real problem in cinema and for years it was wool 
So oh, right, Monty so Python, like, the Holy Grail, all that chainmail is a, it's a special technique for knit, like a loose knit of silvery wool. So from a distance, it looks like chainmail, but it's wool. It hasn't got the weight to it. it hasn't so got the yeah. weight. It's really hot. And yeah, yeah. Like, the second it gets wet, wet, it's fucked, basically. <laughs> so originally it was wool. Then I think it feels like Excalibur. It was, I think it was actual chainmail in Jesus. Excalibur. Although it was probably aluminium or something, so it wasn't yeah, quite yeah. as heavy. Lord of the Rings, it was PVC pipe. That right, was cut yeah. into very small little loops that then were hand assembled. <laughs> um, but now they're starting to do it with foam, with craft oh, foam. Right. So what they'll do is they'll cut out like a pattern in craft foam that's like a repeating spiral, like a repeating sort of S curve. And then all you have to do is sort of hook strands of that uh, together yeah, yeah. and it looks like chainmail. You, 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 and then you, like spray painting like silver. Yeah, well, they, well, I think what they do is they pretty much dry brush it. So it's black oh, right, and yeah. then they dry brush the silver over the top of it and like again from yeah. a distance it looks like that. But yeah. that stuff, I um, am way more keen on looking into the development of that than looking into the development of something like Massive, like a CGI battle simulator yeah. or something, you know? Well, yeah, it's true. Like, because I always, like, the magic to me was when I was a kid and watching horror films just watching them and thinking oh, how did they do that yeah that's a big like, part how did they it. do it yeah and then you watch a film now well not necessarily you know watching a film with a lot of CGI like I watch yeah. like I don't know these Marvel films yeah and I just think no they're just on a computer and it's yeah. impressive there's a lot of work done, to, done on it Please. but I'm not oh, I'm not wondering know. how they've done it no and I think cinema is at its best when it's a bit of a magic trick yeah you know when you you do wonder how like the the shots that I always find incredible like are the ones like in something like The Fly or uh, Interstellar, so not Interstellar, sorry, um, Inception, where you've got to get a character like walking up the scene, yeah, yeah, and like <laughs> not Renelle Street is a good scene. Oh, is there the same thing yeah. in that? So is that you're watching it going, well, this doesn't make sense, and then you're thinking, oh, well, they must have just tilted with the set, but then in The Fly. You know, like you kind of think, well, they had that whole set built on a gimbal yeah, yeah, yeah. that would yeah. then rotate so it could look, and that yeah. just blows my mind. That's a thing, like that. a similar as a scene in Nightmare on Elm Street where um, a character is getting killed in his, in, or he, she is getting killed in their dream, and she's like being sort of thrown around, but being like she's going up the wall. It's crazy. And how they, they just had a huge room. Yeah. Uh, and then just turned it around. And there's another scene where, uh, John, spoiler alert, where Johnny Depp's <laughs> character dies. Yeah, yeah. He basically gets like sucked into a bed and then like, oh, a, yeah, yeah, a yeah. fountain of blood shoots out of it. And they use that same room, but they just did it upside down. So it was just pulled the blood out. But apparently there's a story of like something went slightly wrong when they did it and it, and it tipped and there's like gallons and gallons of blood just run into the crew <laughs> oh and just God. like nearly drowned them. <laughs> <laughs> That happened to um, Bruce Campbell as well on the Evil Dead. That makes perfect sense. Because yeah. <laughs> yeah. there's a bit where it might be Evil Dead 2, I don't know which it was, but basically he gets like a fountain of blood spraying yeah, yeah. his face. So they had him. Tied... Every every Evil Dead <laughs> film, wasn't it? They had him tied to a diving board <laughs> yeah, yeah. in a swimming pool. We were just like tipping buckets. So they were basically just fucking waterboarding Bruce Campbell. Yeah. yeah. Well, it, apparently, like Sam Raimi is like. like He takes like glee. Yeah, in just torturing Bruce Campbell oh, in the making those you? films. Why like, wouldn't you? Yeah, like there's like <laughs> there's just certain scenes where like there's like a, a skeleton hand slapping around the face and it's Sam Raimi's hand just because he wants to. <laughs> yeah, you know, and just, things like that. He's just like totally just loves torturing Bruce Campbell. But I think it, I think it does add to, I, and I think it is especially horror. I think when something is real, I think it adds to yeah. it. Like Poltergeist. 
mm. like the the spirits in Poltergeist with the the one the first one that shows up with the kind of ethereal the poached egg the poached <laughs> egg exactly <laughs> yeah yeah and like the problem solving of right well, we'll shoot it in water yeah because we can get this sort yeah, of yeah. like zero g thing and but it it was there it existed you know and yeah. and that you you can't really fool that you know um, you can tell I think. Definitely agree, yeah. yeah. Uh, I just thought of something else that very much shit me up. All right, go on. Uh, Ghostwatch. Oh, yeah. 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 I want to do an episode talking about Ghostwatch. Oh, you should. Yeah. I won't talk about it too much, though. Yeah, well, yeah we will still talk about <laughs> it. <right? laughs> well, I watched that two Halloweens ago for the so first time. Was that the time. first time you ever seen it? You'd never first time seen I'd it. ever seen it. See, yeah. I saw a part of it when it was on. Okay. Because um, when was it? It must have been. I must have been young. Yeah, it was late nine or ninety. It was late eighties. Let's look it yeah, up. Um, um, go, go, so tell me about your experience right, of watching it. While I, it was on. Okay, I could be getting things all mixed up because it was a long time ago and I was very young. But I remember our next door neighbours were having like a Halloween party. Yeah. So everyone was dressed up and they were eating like loads of like sort of Halloween themed foods. And I sort of popped around because I heard, I seen adverts for this thing. I knew it was. I knew it was happening. I knew there was this like I thought it was real. Yeah. Like there was uh, like they were doing this program where they're going to look at a haunted house. So I came in to watch a bit of it, and it was the you know the bit where the girl was being possessed, and she's right, like, right, right. "Ring around a rosy." That you yeah, know that yeah, bit, yeah, yeah, and I was like, "No fuck this! I'm not watching this." <laughs> like when I was a kid, like yeah. I thought that was real. It was ninety two, by the way. Ninety two. So I would have been what, about seven. Yeah, about seven. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So young, little, a little bit older than seven, about seven or eight. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I kind of wish I'd seen it at the time. Um, it was Soph who, because uh, Soph loves horror films. Basically, oh she, yeah, she's a bit more of a fan than me. And every Halloween, she wants to watch a load of them. So she'd seen it, and we watched it last Halloween. And she told me that she'd watched it. Same thing about 1992. She'd watched it go go <laughs> out. She's a little bit younger than us, so she'd have been about seven. And um, it finished, and she was like traumatised yeah. genuinely traumatised for a couple of days until her dad said you know that wasn't real don't yeah, you yeah. so she was convinced it was real yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> terrible but it's so well done really well done yeah, yeah. and the genius of casting people like Parky yeah. and Craig Charles and, and, yeah, yeah really yeah. well done um do you reckon they'd be able to get a white like do you reckon they could do something like that again do you reckon they'd ever fool someone <sighs> I don't think I don't know no. I wouldn't say Definitely, because there's people like Darren Brown who still do it. You know, mm. they do things like, you know, the push or shit yeah, like yeah. that, where, you know, that's all very manufactured and stagecraft, but, you know, and he did the things where he accurately predicted the lottery numbers and <laughs> yeah. I think he actually did that. Yeah, you know? yeah. So I think it's possible, but you'd have to be. But not in that format. No, probably not. Probably not. But I don't know, like, Most Haunted is. Yeah. Was bullshit, and a lot of people believe that. Maybe not on that scale. Maybe that's the thing. Yeah. You can do it on that scale. Um, I do like a bit of TV horror though. Nigel Neal, you've seen oh, yeah. much of his stuff. Stone yeah. Tape. Stone Tape. I'm a big fan of Stone Tape. Yeah, yeah I found that. I love the Stone Tape. Unsettling. Yeah. yeah, I like the fact that again, uh, what Nigel Neal did with that was he made it seem very real. Like it, there was all this logic to, to what was going on, yeah. and actually, like the Stone Tape theory, I always assumed predated the film. Yeah, yeah. That, but, but but it's actually people who <laughs> think that makes so much yeah, sense. Yeah, that it, yeah, oh, yeah. It's probably uh, probably what ghosts are actually. But it's a, such a good idea, isn't it? Oh, it's brilliant. brilliant. Um, have you listened to the like? I think the BBC, the all radio play they did of it a few years ago. No. It's got um, who's it got on it? Uh, Julian Barrett. 
Oh, it's really good. Yeah, you should. Listen I will to definitely. It. Listen I think it's to on that. YouTube. You say, yeah, yeah. You, you should listen um, to that. Have you listened to it? Yeah. Is it? Uh, is the is it, is it modern day or are they, do they set it in the time? I can't remember. Because I think uh, the Stone Tape is one of those things for me. It would like, only work. No, no. You I could think, modernize I, it. I think you could modernize it, and I think it could be really, really good as a modern as a modern story. I think a bit in the same way that the fly, like we were talking about the flying little mm. shop horrors. I think you could take the Stone Tape, Stone Tape, yeah, and Stone Tape, the Stone Tape, and do a really, really good job of remaking it. Because yeah, think, I think they, I think they could do a really good remake of it. Yeah. Um, have you ever seen again John Carpenter? I'm sorry. Go on. <laughs> Ghost of Mars, yes. <laughs> oh, shit, I Dracula. Got John Garber's Dracula. Vampires. Vampires. Yeah, I've seen that. Yeah. Have you actually seen Fantastic it? film, yeah, yeah. Up top tier. <laughs> um, <laughs> did Dean Grey Scott plays Vampire, oh, uh, Dracula in that? Oh, you call yourself a John Carpenter fan. <laughs> That's why, because I've never seen it. That's yeah. why I call it. Um, I can't think what it's called. Um, Prince of Darkness. Have you ever seen Prince of Darkness? I haven't, no. Prince of Darkness is like um, John Carpenter's Love letter to uh, Nigel Neal, basically. Really? Yeah. I might watch that then. It's got a, there's a lot. It's sort of a mix of Nigel Neal and H.P. Lovecraft. Oh, um, yeah, a bit of that. It's, 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 it's not just the worst parts of both of them. Oh, yeah, it's the whole so racism of Lovecraft. And, and very fixated on the Isle of Man from Nigel <laughs> yeah. Neal. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, no, it's, it's a fucking brilliant film. Really underrated. Prince of Darkness. Prince of Darkness. I might have to watch that. Very good. Um, it's got Alice Cooper in it. He plays like a weird, like... Um, Rockstar. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Top yeah. yeah. <laughs> He's like the king of the homeless people, like spooky homeless people. That's right, yeah. Nice. It's a fucking good film. But did you know that Nigel Neal wrote um, Halloween 3? I did not know that. So, no. yeah, Nigel Neal... Because, do you know, Halloween 3 has got nothing to do with You've the first two. told me about it before, where it was so, going to be like a franchise, wasn't it? But well, not in that way. You know, yeah, do it like an anthology, basically. Yeah, so it. it would yeah, be yeah, like yeah. different stories, but like... Set like of, Cloverfield now. Yeah. Kind of so like yeah, set around the loose theme of Halloween. Yeah. Um, yeah, but Nigel Neal wrote the first script for Halloween 3. Because yeah. John Carpenter's a huge fan of Nigel Neal. I think he's, uh, one of his pen names is something... Quite a mass, like right, right, yeah, right, yeah, Alan yeah. quite a mass or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Um, but he yeah, he wrote the original script. But apparently, he was he felt he hated working with John Carpenter. Apparently, oh, really? Yeah, apparently, they didn't get on at all. Um, never meet your heroes, eh? Yeah. Um, but um, yeah, but they he then they changed the. Well, they didn't. I think they changed, apparently they didn't change a lot of it. I'm trying to think who came on to write it. It's um, Tommy Lee Wallace directed it, so right. he might have done the other. Oh, that's the Tommy Lee Wallace alarm. <laughs> that's him calling. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, he like wrote it in the pan. Nigel Neal was like really angry because they sort of added a bit more violence in it and stuff, and a bit more gore. And it's not a particularly gory film. Right. I'm yeah. assuming you've not seen Halloween three. No, I've never seen a Halloween film. Oh, but Halloween yeah. three is amazing. Really, like, it's really good. It's a like, genuinely like, good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, okay, no, yeah. It's not. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's like a, it's mental. Do you know okay. the premise of it? No. So. The idea is that it's like, and it's again, it's like a witchcraft culty type thing. Yeah. But it's like a basically an evil toy maker who makes these Halloween masks called the Halloween Three. Yes, please. Yeah. yeah. Who, where they they have to wear them and wear, watch the TV at a certain time. Right. And it turns children. This is children. Yeah. It kills them and turns their head into like a mass of writhing worms and insects. Fucking hell. That's a, sequel. That's a sequel to Halloween. <laughs> <laughs> Which is Michael Myers. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so it's a slasher film turned yeah, yeah. into, yeah. 
I've just hearing you talk about an evil toy maker. I've just yeah. remembered probably the most recent film that has nearly made me shit myself. <laughs> yeah, Possum. Oh yeah, fuck that's me. fucking hard work that film, but in a good way. Fucking hard work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. but like. Oh my god! There's shots in that film that, yeah, uh, almost paranormal activity levels of tears. <laughs> at those but yeah, incredibly good film. Apparently, he's making another one, Massive on this. But he said it's going to be even darker than Possum. Fuck! I don't know what How? this one's going to be about. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. I would have thought that that is possibly the darkest subject matter for a <laughs> well, film. Yeah, yeah. yeah, it's, yeah. Uh, well, yeah. I um, yeah, that's a great film. But I love, absolutely love Garth Marenghi's Dark Place. Yeah. So. Yeah, it is yeah. phenomenal. Phenomenal. Yeah. <laughs> Matt Berry, doing what he, he does best. This has been less about Midsummer and more just... Literally every episode. That's the trick. Don't, oh, really? Don't <laughs> tell anyone. <laughs> but it's just a random basically, conversation about horror. We talk about the home for a little bit, yeah. and then we just talk about any old shit. <laughs> Before we do stop... Okay. Are there any? I've spoken a lot about films that have made me scared. Is yeah. there any, any films that have frightened you? Okay. Uh, like you Blair Witch Project when yeah. I saw well I'd, have I told you the story of how I first saw Blair Witch Project I, think so. I might have said it on the podcast before but I'll say it again yeah I um, my brother had like an, just a VHS of it like yeah. a pirated VHS that he had of it before it came out in the cinema before it was really a big thing but people you know it had done it'd been at Cannes oh, and it had gone mad yeah and I just had this video and it was like a black cover with the sort of like logo on it and it said the scariest film ever made so I was like, yes, I'm going to watch that. <laughs> so one night I watched it in the living room on my own and it fucking shat me up. And oh, it wasn't... God. I didn't think it was real though. I never fell for like the sort of... No. But like, the ghost watchiness of it. The lead up to watching it like that. My God. I can only think of one other film yeah. that would be... That that would be an even more perfect way of watching under those circumstances. Yeah. Like a pirate copy that you've got, yeah. which would be The Ring. If you watch oh, the man. ring like that as well, yeah. I can imagine that really shitting you up. Yeah, but yeah, um, yeah. And then we, but that that really shat me up. But then me and a previous podcast guest Jack Burley went to see it when we were like fifteen, and it scared me again. It's seeing it on the big screen with like an audience. Mm. It, yeah, it just shat me up. I want to watch it again. It's I want to watch it. Good. I watch it quite regularly actually. It's a it's a good one. I've not seen it since I saw it in the cinema. Really? Yeah. Have you ever seen Blair Witch Two: Book of Shadows? Yes, I have. What do you think of it? Not good. I can't limp. Come on. Rewatch it again. Reevaluate that. Really? Think about that. It's not good. Definitely not a good uh, film. Is it one of those things where it's like a but sort of parody? Of... Stuff in there. Yeah, okay. there's stuff in there. I listened to uh, an audiobook recently called um, The Best Year Ever, yeah. which was about films made in 1999. And it's a really good book. That's, yeah. a, that's from well, Blair Witch Project is in 1999. 1999, yeah. Well, it came out in 1999. Well, so the person writing this book was arguing that this was the best year for cinema ever. Now, they do preface it by With saying... the fact that Menace came out that year. Well, they do preface it by saying, really, you could do this about any, any year. Any year yeah, but yeah. this was the year they picked. So you had uh, the Blair Witch Project, yeah. Fight Club, The Matrix... Um, many others. They're the main ones that I can remember. <laughs> that definitely doesn't sound like the best year for cinema ever. Fight clubs. Fight club. Yeah, but it's not the. It's not even the best David Fincher film, is it? Oh, I don't know. I don't, it is a very, very good film, though. I think. Is it Fight though? Club? Yeah, it is. I would say it it's is. a solid film. No, I think it is as long as you're not um, adolescent when you watch it. Because I think because <laughs> I think there's a lot of I think there's a certain group of people that watch it and take it all at face value. 
and and are like yeah this is the way life should be whereas you watch it as like a parody then I think it's another thing I think The Matrix as well I think that has to be the first film But um, basically, what the book is, is it's like a sort of mini deep dive into all these films and like the, ma- the making of Blair Witch Project. It's amazing, oh, isn't it? Yeah. buddy. Yeah, like they obviously it really, really contributed to how good that film is. Like where they would kind of isolate the cast yeah, and yeah. just give them script pages at the time, and they would film it themselves. But the treatment of the actors after the film was made was not good. Really? How so? Well, they the the. I think it was like the director and the producer basically basically just started telling everyone that the cast were all dead. Yeah, I yeah, I did so yeah, like didn't they put on IMDb that they had died yeah. as well? Which then, you know, this film could have been the big break for those actors, yeah. but then they everyone thought they were, we're dead, dead, you know, yeah, yeah. so I think they fucked them over a little bit and yeah. I don't think the actors were fairly uh reimbursed after it after the film well, made how much that money much it made, money. Yeah. 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 Interesting. Maybe we should do another podcast where we talk about, uh... or not talk about the Blair Witch Project. Yeah, we'll yeah, talk. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> cool. All right. Oh, yeah. Well, thank you, Tom. I'll just check my uh, five we, notes. Did that we I covered made. everything. Yeah, I got for. I had two notes for each film I wanted to talk about. Hereditary, I had Baggy and Reverse Babadook. Good bit of talking though. Yeah, nice. Good Midsummer, bit. I had Wickerman and Weird Visuals Meat Table. Well, thank you very much. Thanks for having me. No worries, mate. class I think I should probably have a podcast <laughs> <laughs>